You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Well, hello again, gentlemen and listeners. How are you guys doing? Greetings. I don't know what that was. Seth went high, I went low. And I just was subjected to it all. Okay. Uh, Welcome to another Fathom 15 episode. It's been a Mm -hmm. while, gentlemen. Indeed. Long time. So in prior seasons, we've done these shorter episodes, kind of in between our longer form episodes. And to focus on, you know, topics or questions or whatever we wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) And so this season, uh, our Fathom 15 episodes are mostly, I'm not going to guarantee every time. (laughs) Absolutely not. Don't guarantee anything. I don't want to get, I don't want to (laughs) paint us into a corner. But Uh, uh, most of the time, what we're going to do with these Fathom 15 episodes is focus on a mm. most frequently asked question about the Enneagram. According mm. to the internets, <laughs> okay. Mm. Specifically, Google. Specifically, Google, <laughs> which is the internet. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, and we hope this will accomplish a few things. One, it will help answer some questions, maybe more effectively than just typing it hmm. into the Google search bar void might. <laughs> and <laughs> um, <laughs> and hopefully, be interesting topics of conversation because the things that get asked on the on Google mm-hmm. are quite fascinating mm-hmm. and varied. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, what are we what are we talking about today? What's All right. The first. So, first Google search. Google search query that we are is, going to discuss. Is there a ranking? Like, uh, where would this one rank? So, uh, I don't remember. I don't know that this was this was towards the top of the list according to, you know, Google analytic trends. Okay. And the question is, are you ready? I'm ready. What are the Enneagram triads? Can we be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's there the question. There are multiple. Inherent in the question <laughs> oh, is the confusion. Okay. Right. So, the question. But, mm-hmm. okay, there it is. Ha-ha. That it, sounded like Yoda. Expound. <laughs> oh, well, you know. Abram Yoda, go. Um, I guess Abram is our personal Enneagram Google. <laughs> he kind of is. is. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, yeah, so, you know, I think that question probably is making a misinformed assumption that, uh, I was going to use other words, Yes. tried to speak well on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> You're being uh, diplomatic. You know, I think the question is asking, Good. what are the centers of intelligence, probably? And that is something that gets confused still okay. mm. to this day from, yes. by so many people. The, the words centers right. of intelligence and triads get used interchangeably, and I think it's kind of okay, but I actually think it's right. pretty important to distinguish the mm. two. So there are multiple different triadic groupings that are represented within the Enneagram system that I think we'll get into very briefly. But triads, one of the triads yeah. is the centers of intelligence. And that is the most popular, probably the most well-known mm. one because each of the nine Enneagram types are housed within each one of the three centers of intelligence. So that's, that's I think, a good... St- place to start. And and for those who may be new, Abram, yeah, explain so, the three you know, centers of intelligence. One way I like they? to say this is most people know about IQ, right? This is your thinking intelligence, your capacity for thinking. And uh, then that's IQ, right? And then you've got your emotional tel- intelligence, which is a little bit newer on the 
on the uh, spectrum, and that's your EQ. Uh, and then you've also got your gut mm-hmm. intelligence. So GQ, not the model, uh, magazine model. Um, but yeah, th- so each of the centers uh, house three of the Enneagram types within it. And it's kind of three different ways to express that center of intelligence. So three different ways the heart gets expressed, three different ways the mind gets expressed, mm-hmm. three different ways the gut gets expressed. And I think it's it's also important to just clarify that these centers, yeah. they aren't isolated from each other. They're, they're all part of you in your body. We just have chosen these specific, these three different words to help categorize mm-hmm. different things that happen to give them a little bit more handles on sensations and neurons firing and whatnot totally yeah yeah um if i remember right it's david daniels in his small yellow book that says uh that because everyone knows that that is (laughs) (laughs) that he says that science uh his neuroscience has recognized that all mammals actually share in common that we have these three centers and therefore basically taking in information perceiving the world around us. Uh, it's how we discern what we're engaging with, but we do it from one of these centers primarily over the other two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these, each of these centers represent yeah. a specific yeah. need that everybody is after. Like I'm sure most people know this, but you, you could say gut types are after autonomy and respect uh, and power and control and heart types are after attention and validation, affection and esteem and head types are after safety and security, guidance and support. Um, and when they don't get those things, that's when the dominant emotion, right? The dominant emotion of that center is happening, right? Yeah, so this is, and I think when a lot of people talk about the triads of the Enneagram, yeah, they're, they're mm-hmm. often referring to this yeah. particular grouping, right? By the intelligence centers. But uh, there are a whole host of other triadic groupings <laughs> of the Enneagram that slice the pie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so to speak, of the Enneagram differently, right? And so I think it's helpful that we, we've covered the intelligence centers, but there are some others, right? So one I think would be that mm-hmm. I, I've done a lot of work with are the stances, which are sometimes called the social styles mm-hmm. or the Hornavian groups. It's after psychologist Karen Horney, whose work in psychology was kind of overlaid with some Enneagram wisdom by some Enneagram teachers and found some alignment in this particular grouping, right? And so we have, Mm -hmm. I'll use the term stances, that's the one I typically use, but it has those other names or labels. And so we have, you know, the three stances of the Enneagram, the assertive stance, which is, has, you know, three particular kind of Enneagram points in it, the dependent or compliant in, in some people's language stance, and then the withdrawn stance, right? And that's a whole other grouping. And a lot of these, uh, we should also say, a lot of these kind of triadic groupings form different triangles, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you if you look them up, you can start to see how they form these different triangles. But, yeah. Some people call the assertive group the aggressive group. I don't particularly like yeah. that word. Yeah. I, I, um, I've switched over the years from aggressive to assertive. I think assertive yeah. is, is more accurate. But right, they correct. can't can be aggressive but yeah we should do we should just do a more 15s on getting more deeply into each of these because uh, we could yeah. talk about this for a while but i like yeah karen horn i call these compensatory solutions which has always been a favorite way of describing these mm-hmm. but one way i think you can just put it in a sentence of describing what what these hornevian groups or social styles are is it, these are the this is the triadic grouping that describes how each type tries to get what it wants and That's often how, in in so doing how 
each type tends to posture itself in relation to others, right? Right, by asserting, by earning, or withdrawing. So that's a whole nother grouping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the next one we have is the harmony triad. Um, and this one's kind of interesting. So uh, three, six, and nines, um, This it's called the pragmatists. Eight, two, and five are the relationists. And the one, four, and seven are the idealists. Yeah, so these harmony triads you know, form these different equilateral triangles on the Enneagram framework. And uh, the the particular language associated with the harmony triads that Creek mentioned have to do with the work of David Daniels and are more at use or being used in, in the narrative tradition of the Enneagram. But then, you know, there's a whole nother grouping that follows mm-hmm. the similar pattern, right? This is true. Uh, and um, yeah, they know the, yeah, there's, the the same uh, collection of numbers are also called something different within the Riso Hudson tradition. It's called actually it's from a theory in psychology called object relations, and the what how they term it is dominant affect groups. Uh, so this the idea here with object relations is that our ego exists only in relation to something else. So this is when you're you're first usually crawling away physically from your primary caregiver because you're recognizing, oh, I am something other than my my first object I'm relating to, you know? So it's how we're, we are affected and uh, are affecting other people. So the idea is that there's three different fundamental affects in between you and your primary caregiver because yeah. they're not a- able to perfectly meet your need. And so what happens is there develops a specific affect in between you and that imperfect uh, primary caregiver. And so it's three sixes and nines are what's called the, the attachment groups. The ones, fours, and sevens are what's called the frustration group. And the uh, two, five, and eight is what's called the rejection group. So it's the same collection of numbers grouped together as the, the harmony triads, but they're kind of going after different things here. Right. Because mm-hmm. those harmony triads are really more focused on different ways of relating to the world, which is different than what you just described. Yes. Um, with the object relations, yeah. Yeah, and one way, I want, if I could put it in a sentence again too, to name the object relations or the dominant affect groups, is it's the emotional state that sustains each type sense of self. Yeah. Lots to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we hit the the last one that harmonic. is the yeah, the known so the known one, Creek? The harmonic groups, and we, I mean, we already did a thousand. Did you say demonic? <laughs> yes, the demonic groups of I'm the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I knew it was happening. At some point, it would come out. I quit. Uh, we did a podcast on this. No, we did an episode on this. Thank you. Last yes. season, was it? Yeah. And I think um, uh, conflict styles. Yeah. Conflict styles. Which is yeah, another yeah, yeah. phrase, right, for this group. Right. So, so quick refresher. We have one, threes, and fives, rational competency, eight, fours, and six, emotional realness, nine, two, seven, positive outlook. Eight, four, and six, it's also what was... Abram, it's like emotional reactivity. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Different is words. Are there other names for the other ones as well? There, I feel like I'm remembering. There are different authors have named them different things off the top of my head. I can't remember though. I guess we don't have to go deep into that one. If you want to check it out, just think last season conflict styles. Yeah, um, David Daniels calls them the three styles of emotional regulation. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And if if what we said, if I, what I said for the Hornevian, the one sentence is how we how our type tries to get what it wants. This is the harmonic triad is this is what each type tr- does when it doesn't get what it wants. Right. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is both a gift and 
an avoidance strategy. <laughs> so I think in conflict, this uh, this can be used as a gift to the way what we bring to the conflict, but it can also exactly. be used as an avoidance strategy to to try to get around the conflict without actually working through it. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's good. I like that yep. both end. That's great. Yeah. Like I, I'm mindful of if the person is googling this question, <laughs> it, even right. if they find what we just kind of outlined very quickly, that can be very overwhelming. Right. right which is not what we want. At the same time, what this does illustrate is that yeah, your type is a really dynamic kind of structure in that uh, it does have all these connections and relationships to other numbers. And so these triadic groupings help us see some commonalities with some of the other numbers, right? In mm-hmm. different ways. And I think that's what's most important. You don't have to memorize all the different kind of ways that you slice up the Enneagram pie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's most helpful to see is how your type does relate to these other numbers mm-hmm. in these various ways, whether it is, yeah. you know, emotional regulation, whether it is um, our social styles or whatever. And this being the season theme being story, these different triadic groupings allow you to see not only uh, maybe hidden parts of your story that you don't realize are a pattern. This also allows you to see other people's story as well. Of yeah how they get what they want or what they do when they don't get what they want. And this is, this is all story. So again, coming back to that, that component um, is really important to see that your story, though it is accurate maybe to how you experience the world, it's not entirely accurate to someone else's and it's not a right or wrong situation. Something really fun and nerdy is that you can actually write this down uh, and see it really clearly in a unique uh, mathematical, magical way uh, that I that I actually um, <laughs> I believe I will have just posted uh, this on my integrated Enneagram uh, Instagram account, so it makes sense. I'm not going to try and spell it out for you or write the numbers out, uh, but it is rather fascinating, and it kind of shows how all of these triads, triadic groupings, are connected, and how uh, your number is connected to all of the numbers for various reasons. It's yeah. Really quite fascinating. Yeah, there's an inherent logic, right, to it. Yes, the Lord exactly. is in these numbers. <laughs> so I guess to those out there that have uh, Googled this in the Google machine, hopefully this was helpful. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be putting together some more material or whatnot. Um, reach out to us if you want, I don't know, articles or videos or other things by Drew's book. There's some stuff in there. I'm sure, Seth, you have stuff on your Instagram account, correct? I sure do. You sure do. (laughs) So there's info out there. Uh, Let us guide you to the um, accurate ones. And uh, yeah, so please reach out if you have any questions. May the force be with you. Also with you. And also with you. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) We have to stop. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time.